Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Hey, Todd. Dr. Wicknell, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Good. Yep. Yep. How about you? Doing great. Nice. Yeah. It's a good day. It is nice. Mm-hmm. I, I love New Mexico in the summer. And so when the weather starts turning into spring, summer, do you really I get pretty excited? So hot. I'm excited for the like two weeks of mid seventies weather before <laughs> it gets super hot again. <laughs> it's not that hot. It, we might hit a hundred every once in a while. It's not that bad. It's pretty hot for me. Oh, so <laughs> wonderful. It's that dry heat. Yeah. Oh, I'll give you that. It is better than wet heat, I guess. But <laughs> well, I, Some people love humidity. I don't know. Yeah. What are we talking about today? Humidity. Yeah? <laughs> Pros and cons. Pros and cons. Um, no, we're talking about narcissistic people, specifically how to cope with narcissistic people in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So we're thinking specifically about, I don't know, it could be spouse, sibling, boss, coworker, friend, whatever. Um, yeah, we, we, I think we... I think we had talked about maybe this long ago. We talked about narcissism. Like oh, what okay. is narcissism, what is it? Okay. I think. Yeah. Um, but I thought today we'd focus specifically on... Being in a relationship with one. Yeah, some kind of a relationship, right? It doesn't have to be a romantic relationship necessarily, but just <laughs> someone you're like... I mean, maybe this is the, the majority of cases that people mm-hmm. want to hear about, but um, I think it'd be good if we could talk about it in a way that's pretty general to any sort of relationship with someone you think is pretty high on the narcissism scale. And that's a good point maybe to start on is that people are usually on even kind of a spectrum of severity in, in uh, how they present too. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and the technically, I mean, the way I look at it is that narcissism is actually a um, morally neutral trait. Like everybody, we're not, I don't know, morally, but like it's just a thing. Everyone is has some degree of narcissism in the sense that they think about themselves and their own sort of needs. And you can be very high on narcissism to the point where it's all you think about and all you care about to the exclusion of other people and other things. Mm-hmm. You can either be even be really low on it to an unhealthy degree mm-hmm. to where you are so deferential and accommodating of other people at your own expense that that becomes unhealthy too. Mm-hmm. I don't know, would you agree with that? That's how I think about it. Um, but that's, that's not, a very, that's not a very clinical I, I, way. Yeah, clinical yeah, yeah. psych looks at it differently, but that's yeah, yeah. No, I get, I get, I get your point, which is, is that yeah, there is a, a spectrum of of uh, intensity and severity of this, and that it's it's normal for us to think about ourselves anyway and want what we want and choose ourselves over other people yeah. sometimes. Yeah, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. So would you agree that? Do you think there's such a thing as healthy narcissism? Or would you say that's a contradiction in terms? Yeah, I might say it's a contradiction that okay. that once you're talking about narcissism, it's it's probably dysfunctional or pathological or something like that. Wouldn't the case though be that that's why we have the term narcissistic personality disorder to <laughs> designate where narcissism goes to an unhealthy degree? And if you're if you're not across that line, it's just normal and possibly even mm-hmm, healthy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're 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 thinking of it on a scale of like. Um, Selfishness or self-interested. 
Yeah, self-interest maybe. Is okay. So, so, so if you looked at narcissism as extreme self-interest, I could see your theory working out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We won't go too far down this rabbit hole, but, <laughs> but hey, we kind of disagree on something. That's, that's good. <laughs> Doesn't happen often enough. Okay. But you, you've got an extremely narcissistic person in your life. And, and for, I don't know, for, for arguments or for kind of simplicity's sake, what's a pretty good simple definition of someone who's a narcissist? Like they're just super self-centered? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, people who are um, maybe really focused on being successful uh, very focused on themselves. They're, they seem prideful or snobby or um, they kind of don't understand or really care about other people as much and what they're into. And they're pretty self-centered. You see a lot of selfish behavior with people with narcissism. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those, that's kind of generally. I, one of the big um, presentations of this I see is that it's people who maybe talk a good game about caring about mm-hmm. other people mm-hmm. kind right? of a, and coming across that way superficially. But yeah. like, if you watch their actions repeatedly over time, it's pretty clear they don't actually care that much about other people and really only care about getting what they want. Right, right. Yeah, and there's a, a pretty grandiose self-image there that, that is usually um, not proportional to the actual <laughs> works and right. deeds of the individual. Right. Okay, so if you are living with someone who's extremely narcissistic or have to work with or, or just be around someone who's very narcissistic. Um, what do you do? Like, how do you, this is, it's a hard uh, type of person to be around for, for a lot of obvious reasons. Like, where do you, I don't know, wh- where do you start thinking about this and kind of what people can do? Well, I think, I think we kind of started that as, as you talk about kind of what narcissism looks like, you can, you can kind of tease um, some behavioral manifestations out of that. So, so, um, there's a really maybe pretty grand sense of superiority for people who are narcissistic. And so someone who feels superior to other people, what what behaviors and comments might someone like that make, right, who feels superior? So if you're in a relationship with someone like this, there's going to be a lot of exclusions of your needs and wants in favor of theirs, right? They might say things that hurt your feelings because they're, they're, they feel superior to you. You might get a lot of direction on how you should live your life. Um, you might not get a lot of airtime when it's when it's time to talk at the end of the day or in conversations. They're going to take up a lot of that space. Um, and sometimes there'll be pulls um, from them for you to admire them. They want you to praise them and tell them how wonderful they are. And and when that doesn't happen, they're they're generally pretty upset or frustrated. Yeah, this is a there's a talking to the clients, there seems to be a, a distinct subtype of narcissist, which is the, in my head, I think of it as the needy pouty narcissist, which is like, they yeah. really need this kind of yeah. constant affirmation. And if they don't get even a little bit of it, um, or, or even close to what they want, they get super pouty and kind of yeah. down and yeah. right. And even kind of resort to sort of gaslighting the other person where yeah. like, you're not being a good partner. You're not being a good boss or like, because you're not giving me yeah, you know, what you're not telling me all the time how great I am. And I've I've seen and heard uh, a little uh, commentary on this um, in the field, and and there's, I think two types. There's an insecure type, which is is kind of this overcompensation for some insecurities, maybe, mm-hmm. um, and then a, a kind of, I think it's morally superior type, where it's just they flat out think they're greater than everybody Almost delusional. else. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and knowing which type of, of or, or what the maybe some of the motivation is around that behavior might help you navigate a relationship okay. too. Cause if you can tell well, that they're asking for 
um, your admiration because they're feeling insecure, that's something different maybe than them demanding that you praise them because they're the greatest thing that ever happened. Okay, so if it's the first type, what would be some practical things you could try or do with someone like that who's, their narcissism is really fueled by insecurity? Yeah, um, and, and so here's maybe a pathological representation of that need to be admired, and rather than reinforce that by admiring them, you might have a conversation about what they're feeling in that moment and um, maybe how they can take care of that need themselves or, um, or, 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 or talk them through that sometimes or just not kind of um, engage in the pathology because it's not your responsibility to manage that for them either. But let's say you're fishing for praise because um, you came late to work today and you're just feeling a little insecure. And mm -hmm. so you're trying to tell me, Hey Todd, I did this this weekend and this and this, and you're looking for that praise. I might say, geez, what are you, how are you feeling right now? You know, I care about you enough. I mm -hmm. can tell you're pretty frustrated or usually when you're trying to, um, impress me, it, it, it feels this kind of way it, it, and it's not genuine. You know, you can kind of shape your relationship a little bit by being authentic on your side because it doesn't feel genuine when someone's yeah. pushing you for a, um, an attaboy. Yeah. So that, that's interesting. So to get it, basically to get at the emotion underneath being insecure, don't, it's not just like they're insecure. Mm -hmm. There's usually some specific thing like I'm feeling guilty because I showed up late or I'm feeling anxious that you don't love me or I'm feeling, you know, angry about you're mm -hmm. sad or whatever but to to open up or to to even just to make it safe or try to make it safe for them to, mm -hmm. be able to talk about whatever emotion is going on behind not only the narcissistic requests not only behind the but then behind the the insecurity that leads to the narcissism so go it's like two layers down yeah or or encourage them to um uh, think about those things. Uh, the, the same for someone who's uh, the the kind of moral superior type is kind of pointing out, geez, it, this is kind of hard to hear because it just feels like you're, you know, wanting to tell me how superior you are mm -hmm. to everybody and kind of aversive. doesn't feel good, you know, and to point that out is in, in a healthy way is a good thing. Now, on the other side, though, if, if, if something's happened that you are proud of that person for or, or impressed by, then... Um, by all means, authentically kind of tell them, hey, good job, that's great, because you do want to set up a um, an appropriate response for yeah. good behavior too. Okay, so now I'm, I'm imagining someone listening to this, they're going, yeah, yeah, okay, that, that, that sounds great. Um, I've tried all this. I've tried being rational and telling them either with the insecure or the kind of grandiose mm -hmm, type. Mm -hmm. It doesn't do anything. Like they're still just the same old like narcissistic whatever. Mm -hmm. So what do you do if that, kind of layer of strategy seems to be ineffective like what's what's plan b after that well i i don't know what plan b was i I go to plan 1a maybe and say 1A, okay. <laughs> um is your expectation that using these tools will make them stop doing what they're doing mm. um because if you're expecting someone um who has this uh pattern of behavior to stop doing it only because you're now trying something else, that's probably not going to work. This is a personality disorder. It's going to be a reoccurring event. Yeah. So this is, this is one of, was one of my kind of ideas when I was thinking about this topic is just in general, if you have to interact on a regular basis with someone who's narcissistic, set deliberately, proactively, continuously set your expectations mm -hmm. very low because in my experience, this doesn't change a whole lot. 
If you are married to a narcissist, if you are the daughter of a narcissist, if your best friend is a narcissist, like whatever, like they're probably not going to change that much. Yeah. And, they're, and they're certainly not. It's very unlikely that they change substantially because of something you do. Right. So right. It's, it's hard enough to live with someone like that. It's way harder if you're constantly expecting them to improve miraculously and then you're disappointed that they don't or frustrated mm-hmm. on top of how frustrating it is that they're just narcissistic. Yeah. So cut out that second layer mm-hmm. of miserableness by really, really lowering those expectations for their behavior and the degree to which they're going to change. Well, more and maybe more um, accurately is, is um, put your expectations on what history has kind of laid out for you. Right. I mean, base your expectations of that on history, not what you want to have happen. Right. Um, because if, if you're correctly kind of gauging that, then in your expectations off uh, are based off of what's happened historically, you're probably not going to be so disappointed. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of your the other thing would be just boundaries, really good, healthy boundaries. You know, I mean. Uh, being in a relationship with someone like this, uh, um, there's a lot of kind of selfish behaviors on the other side. And so for you to get very good at being assertive and um, kind of protecting and and um, uh, maintaining your boundaries is going to be a really crucial thing, I think, to, to be able to successfully pull a relationship like that off. Yeah. And like we've talked about when we've multiple times talked about assertiveness, the, the really hard part here. It's not the, it's not telling them, okay, if you start bragging again, I'm just going to leave the conversation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That talk is cheap. It's easy to just say that mm-hmm. one more time, right? The hard part is enforcing that boundary, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. When they start bragging about themselves and you say, I'm going to hang up the phone right now. And then they start guilt tripping you into something about how you don't care about them or like, that's when enforcing boundaries is really hard. Right. Right. And that's where the, I think the work is in terms of setting boundaries on people's narcissistic behavior. Yeah. And it's going to be hard. Yeah. If it doesn't feel super hard, you're probably not doing it right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like at first, anyway. boundaries yeah. is hard. It's yeah. really tricky at first. Um, gaslighting is a common um, tool in these relationships. You know, someone who's narcissistic isn't going to admit they're wrong. So they're going to convince you that, that you're wrong. Right. And you're not being supportive. You're yeah. Not being sensitive yeah. Enough, blah, blah, you're too blah, blah. sensitive. You're yeah. You hear comments like that. The, the, the insult or the, the offense is kind of thrown back in your face. Um, and so to be able to say, you know, to be able to have a boundary, like when you engage me like that, or when you speak to me like this, I'm going to stop the conversation and leave the yep. room. Um, often that's very hard to do yeah. because they're going to tell you if you leave, you're, you're a loser, you're, you're worthless. You don't love me. You don't care, whatever it is. And, and being able to say, I'm still going to do it yep. is difficult. Yeah. yeah. But it, it's essential. I mean, if you can't do that, then you're, you're stuck. It's going to be really hard. Yeah. I, I think the, the key is if you, if you really are in a relationship with someone who, who displays this kind of behavior, um, it, it will be your, I mean, ultimately your happiness is up to you anyway, but, to be especially mindful of that in, inside one of these relationships and, and, and realize that, man, if this is going to work, it's going to be because I'm very mindful of, of how I'm being treated and what my boundaries are and I'm able to maintain and follow through with yeah. those. And I think that's important. We probably should have pointed this out early on, but my, 
my opinion anyway is that even under the absolute best case scenario where you are doing everything right that you can it is very very hard to live with someone who's narcissistic mm-hmm. or to interact mm-hmm. regularly with them and you you have to really be careful not only of your expectations of them but your expectations for yourself and the relationship like mm-hmm. it is just not going to be amazing yeah it, it's 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 often going to feel a little lopsided for yeah, sure yeah. just frustrating and stressful and just emotionally volatile mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think, and that's if you choose to maintain that relationship i think it's important to really be clear-eyed about that yeah that the, the, there's not going to be a lot of movement and, and oftentimes people with this disorder if they're interested in kind of maintaining relationships they can move around a little bit in this, but this is kind of, not um, not a lot, but, but this is kind of, uh, um, it, it's a process and, and what little movement they can do. Um, it's, it's great to have that, but if it, you, you don't want to be dependent on that, you got to realize that in a lot of ways, this is going to be up to you to maintain a healthy relationship there. Hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks. Thanks.